0: It felt like the owners almost staged the the tenants. I'm not even joking. I've never had such a positive, such positive feedback on every single unit Mm -hmm. and every single tenant. No matter what I've walked into, there's always been situations where tenants will comment about something. So we have a, a new property in Phoenix, Arizona. I literally got back last night. I went with John, our property manager. And uh, um, oddly enough, when I first got there, I was not happy with it. Hmm. Why is that? Because the, the pocket that it sits in is less than desirable. In what way? It's a bit grungy. The surrounding area. Like, and I'm not even talking about multiple blocks. I'm talking about literally like the street over. Mm. Like just the street over even. However, as soon as you start going a block or two outside of that, it really cleans up. And then as soon as you go a block, where were we? Maybe actually east or west, the properties in that area are pushing three quarters of a million, million bucks. Mm. And the fact that this property sits in a very small pocket of gentrifying, now it's gentrifying, is, is much more attractive than a property sitting in a really good location than on the outskirts it's bad. Mm-hmm. Any, any Wherever you went on the outskirts of that property, it was amazing, it was mm-hmm. really good. Even five minutes out from that property, you're in downtown Phoenix. I
1: also feel like that's common in larger cities. Like yeah. if you think of real estate in Toronto, you could have a $20 million condo right next to a shithole like yeah. one block away.
0: Now, <clears throat> the reason why I like this property even more now, you, because of the fact that that specific little tiny, it's, it's very small. I wouldn't even call it, a, it's not even a submarket. It's, it's like oh, like a block. Yeah, it's like not. It, it, you can't even call it a submarket. It's, it's too small for a for its own submarket. Um, it, you can't even call it its own submarket cluster. It's literally like it's block, like mm. like quarter mile radius. Even maybe not even a quarter mile. It's even smaller than that. Um, the reason why I like it even more is because you're buying not even the ugly duckling on the block. What you're buying is a diamond in the rough on the block,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: where down the street you have million dollar homes, you have an area that is somewhat suppressed because of a few things around it. Like for example, there's actually a trailer park behind it. Mm -hmm. The advantage of that though, is a developer just bought the trailer park and he's putting Mm -hmm. high rise luxury condos in it. (laughs) like. He's knocking it down and that's what he's going to do. But what's really interesting is the adjacent street that this property's on. Yes, you know, whatever. It's a a street that the property, like I guess, neighbors. You have homes that are, they don't look the greatest, but they're worth around $400,000, which is kind of crazy. But it's the only kind of style of, property i guess you could say in the area that's that type of condition and everywhere else is amazing Mm. right very clean even that area very clean but tired property condition is very old it's tired it's you know dilapidated a little bit um but this particular pocket of area Historically speaking, maybe going back you know five years ago or whatever, it wasn't the greatest. All right. So what's happened is is because you're in so close to the Phoenix core, the Phoenix downtown core, people are starting to move out, just like Miami in North mm-hmm. Miami. Exactly what happened there. Now, the only difference with North Miami, this property is actually different. The submarket in North Miami that we bought in the submarket cluster, the San Susi submarket cluster was amazing in that actual vicinity of that property, walking distance, you had multiple multi million dollar homes mm-hmm. like on the water, all that stuff, but you start going out of that submarket cluster it starts to get rougher and 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 the gentrification is pushing out whereas this one the looks of it is rough, but it's not actually rough because it's already weeded the bad apples out of the out of the area mm. so Walking through the property, I asked every single person in that property. We toured every single unit. There was two units that we couldn't get into. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. I asked every single woman in there. There's a couple things that I did. The majority of the property actually was women that, that, that lived in there. And I love, number one, I love to see that. Mm-hmm. Okay, love that. Number two, I love that because every single time I went into the property or in the units, that's the demographic that I want to talk to. And those are the people that I want to talk to because they will tell you if they feel safe on the property and in the area. Every single person that I talked to, every single person that I talked to said number one, they feel safe in the area. Number two, they love the property and feel safe. And number three, the location is amazing. They mm. said it's close to everything. It's close to downtown. There's multiple freeways that they have access to in every direction to get out of the city and area. Okay. And to go wherever. It's 20 minutes to Scottsdale. Mm. Uh, everywhere. It, it's it's so close to everywhere. There's bus, there's bus uh, stations. There's a bus station right across the street. There's a bus station almost on every single block. You're so close to downtown that public transportation is like amazing in the area. So, and then, and then not only that, but you have a situation where the property is located so close to Phoenix, downtown core, but not close enough where it's actually in the core, where rents are about half the price. So people are just loving it, Mm. right? So, you know, that was something that I was shocked to hear. What's the matter? Um, That was something that I was shocked to hear. I've never been to a property where the feedback was so positive that um, it felt like the owners almost staged the the tenants. I'm not even joking. I've never had such a positive, such positive feedback on every single unit mm-hmm. and every single tenant. No matter what I've walked into, there's always been situations where tenants will comment about something. Okay, something about the, well, you know, yeah, I feel okay. It's okay, safe here, or, or it's okay here, or, you know, this is happening. And then another thing too is I asked about I asked every single person how they felt about the tenants in the property. Mm. Everybody loved everybody.
1: It was the weirdest fucking thing. How do you typically start these conversations with te- with uh, tenants?
0: I just, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, you mind if I ask you a few questions?
1: Yeah. That's it.
0: Very simple. Because I don't have a lot of time in there. Right? I don't want to yeah. like disrupt their life, right? You know, yeah. some people were studying. That's another thing too. It's five minutes from ASU, mm. right? Downtown core. So there was a you know, couple... Uh, um they were there were a couple uh uh medical students in there um there was a couple uh there was a law
1: student in there so then, turnover on the units would probably be a little higher compared to like a seniors community i don't know yeah well seniors community yeah but mm-hmm. i mean i
0: don't know that like you know graduate students like that they might be four years y- six yeah years. you're gonna get you're gonna get a good you're gonna get a good yeah. quality tenant good stable tenant um you know, for at least... The, and also,
1: especially, like, if they're in med school, like, they might even be looking for a job there afterwards, right? Yeah,
0: they will be, for sure. So, um, so what, it, it what's was
1: the... was the occupancy?
0: Uh, there's... There's one unit vacant. Um, the feedback that they're getting on the unit, they're pushing high rent. They're mm-hmm. trying to get, like, maximum rent, which is fine. I don't mind that. Um, but the feedback that they keep getting is that the lighting is uh, is an issue in the units. And what, so, so Just is it too <coughs> bright? What's that? Too bright? No, too dark. So essentially the issue that people are having with this particular property is that it, this was a converted office building. What they should have done during construction was lower the ceiling a little bit. And it, cause I, I, I don't even know if there's um, room above the ceiling. The ceilings are pretty tall. Um, but in the event they're not able to raise the ceiling, sorry, in the event they're not able to bury pot lights in the ceiling, what they should have done was strap the ceiling with, you know, two by twos Mm -hmm. and put thin led lights and run them throughout the property. Well, they didn't do that. What they did was they've got a fan with a bulb on it, Mm. or like a a bulb, a, a bulb cluster with a light or a fan with a light on it. Right what needs to happen is that needs to go away and there needs to either, number one, be extensive track lighting installed, okay, where it's only running off of one box, mm-hmm. one electrical box with LED lighting so it's not drawing too much current so that we don't have to install multiple blocks or uh, multiple, uh, you know, outlets in the, in the, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yep. The electrical boxes. So you don't have to install multiple boxes in the ceiling or what you do is, you do exactly what I said. Strap the ceiling with two by twos or whatever you can strap it with and run pot lights throughout the property. That would be very expensive. I say, I was, yeah, that's very However, expensive. that's the common narrative of that particular property. And when I was walking through, that was the one thing that someone had uh, a negative comment about was that this particular person, now she had lamps fucking everywhere. Like this, I've never seen so many lamps in, in a in, a, in a property in my life. She, mm-hmm. They obviously love lighting. Uh, that was the one comment that she said she wishes it was brighter. Mm-hmm. This property, like I was mentioning, it was a converted office building. Office buildings are not necessarily you know, older office buildings. And you know,
1: Does it have kind of like a more of that uh, industrial feel it does. to it? It has yeah. an
0: industrial feeling, um, which is actually pretty cool mm-hmm. and, and which is more than likely why it's pulling the demographic that's pulling young professionals. Yeah. Like multiple people working at hospitals. There's three hospitals within walking distance of this fucking place. Yeah. Um so uh that's an easy fix though. That's a couple hundred bucks a unit. Mm-hmm. You get big track lighting and you can even run track lighting where it's you can run you ever see those is uh, it a finished ceiling or exposed? Yes, yeah, finished. You you can run you can run track lighting where there's like a a cover for the electrical mm-hmm. wiring. Across to another track light on the other side of the wall, and you can make it look cool. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You can make that shit look cool. They have them in like galleries or whatever. Yeah. You can make that look really cool. Yeah. Um, Even even run it like a, like a, even BX cable, and you could strap it to the ceiling to make it look like, yeah, industrial. And Mm -hmm. like that's, that's the type, this is the type of property that I really like because it won't look weird if you do shit like that. Right. Get what I mean? And that stuff is cheap. Mm -hmm. You could, you could really run, it would be even easy to run track lighting, not even track lighting, but pot lights where you're sinking it into the, not even sinking it into the ceiling, but strapping it to the ceiling without even popping it into the ceiling. You could do some sort of lighting like that. I've mm-hmm. seen that in properties and it actually looks okay. Yeah. In the, in the right environment, it does not look okay if it's kind of that homey feel. Mm-hmm. It won't look okay. Um, another thing I love about the property is The flooring, it's stained cement, like polished stained cement. Mm. So a big thing that I learned about the Phoenix area is it's extremely pet friendly and everybody's got fucking pets there, everybody. And a lot of people have dogs and a lot of people have like kind of bigger dogs. Mm. So the advantage of obviously having stained cement is that that you got a floor for life, yeah like nothing will ever happen to that fucking floor yeah so that's a big thing because flooring is the biggest issue when you 're moving in and out of these places how 's the flooring look because painting's simple but if mm-hmm. you 're tearing up the floor like that's a big expense yeah so the flooring's covered everything is covered like it's got new everything is new in this property it's got new hVAC it 's got new plumbing new electrical uh everything new new uh new hot water heaters it's got in flo- in unit laundry um the properties are on a per square foot basis they're a lot bigger than average one of the things that i noticed about the area was a lot of like say for example the two bedroom units have two bedroom two bath mm-hmm. this and the two bedrooms have two bed one bath but the overall size of the property or the units is a lot larger yeah
1: what's do you know like the average square feet of a, it's like
0: a thousand you- units a thousand square feet for the two beds. For the two beds, no, the two beds are you're looking at like man, maybe yeah, about a thousand to eleven 1, hundred, yeah. which is pretty big. It's a good size. Yeah, it's a really big size. So and and the units are huge. The kitchens are huge. They're updated. They're brand new. Mm. So that kind of makes up for number one, the fact that you know it doesn't have a pool, which is only twenty three units. You're not going to typically see a pool on twenty three units anyways. Yeah. but it doesn't have a pool. It doesn't have like a barbecue area. Um, it doesn't have um you know, like a dog park, it has like, it has uh, a, and, and you know, uh, we'll, Connor will pop up a video here, but it has, it has, um, you know, courtyard space and a really nice looking courtyard space, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but it's a boutique apartment building mm-hmm. now, right? Is what it's been converted to. So you don't see that kind of stuff. In, you usually see that in larger because the maintenance and, and upkeep of a pool uh, you need to justify it with economies of scale and mm-hmm. 23 units. It's not something that you can justify having yeah. something like that with. I- in fact, if 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 a unit like that had a pool, I would argue that it would make more sense to bury it mm. rather than keeping it. Because um, th- I find in the U.S. at least U.S. How can I explain this? Um Americans tend to like the boutique style of apartment buildings over and above, you know, high rises or you know large scale mm-hmm. properties. Number one, you can more than likely find a parking spot closer to your unit. This this particular building has three spots per unit on average, which it's is huge. huge. It's actually yeah. a little bit more on a percentage basis. Um, So you can, you know, if you got groceries or whatever, you're going going to be closer to your unit versus a larger garden-style apartment. Or Mm -hmm. if somebody is, you know, if there's a lot of people at home at that one time, you might have a problem finding a parking spot near your unit. So that's Mm -hmm. a huge factor. So that's another reason why people like the boutique stuff. Um, Number two, people like the community, the sense of community where they know a lot of people on Mm -hmm. site. You're not going to know everybody if you live in a 200 to 300 unit property, which is like right next door to this, particular place um so there's a couple a couple things that uh advantages over and above a uh, you know a larger scale property that has amenities like a pool a barbecue area stuff like that um some of the plans are you know over and above these other units as well it's got a cool kind of chic industrial type feel it's mm-hmm. all been renovated how's the roof it's brand new roof is brand new mm. so these are like big pluses right like this is a turnkey fucking operation the the, the sprinkler system is brand new the the fire suppression system is brand new the like everything is brand new on this yeah. particular on this on this build everything's did ever, been rehabbed
1: you, ever, uh, you get the inspection report back got an inspection report was anything like there, like just dumb negative shit on there?
0: just no not nothing really like just dumb shit where um you know the fire the fire uh, um what do you call it there the fire department needs to have a key in the lockbox there's no keys in lockbox um some of the on the freon lines running from the ac down to the unit some of the uh some of the styrofoam or whatever, like, you know, like you could put like that styrofoam sleeve on the yep. freon lines, or yep. uh, the condenser lines running down. Well, some of it, because of the heat, it's only got really like almost a, a one year shelf life. Mm. It's cracked and it's, it's, it's going to be an issue. Like it needs to be replaced, but that's just like a, a dollar. Yeah. It's almost like a pool noodle that you need to put on, right? It's yeah. a smaller pool noodle for those of you that don't know. Um, but big thing, like there's like a, a cap, for a drain in the parking lot that someone like took off or something happened. I don't even know. Um, so essentially it's all very small, very small that when I'm going to actually go back to the agent and say, you guys need to fix this. Something that does need to be fixed. And one of the units that we couldn't get into was an Airbnb unit. Mm. I want that shit out of there. I don't want it
1: rezoned as like transient zoning or anything. No, you can't have it.
0: Like that's not something that we oh, want. It's an illegal Airbnb. Well, it, like we could allow it if we wanted to, but I don't want to assume that problem. Right. Like change the locks. Like there should be a lot. Like we did have a lock. Mm-hmm. They changed the locks on the management. Like I'm not dealing with that. You clean that shit up. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a great building. A little bit of, um, a little bit of value add, in terms of bringing in lighting, that's so superficial Yeah. that yeah. if we were to bring in extensive lighting and I like the track lighting Me situation too. too because you can easily, you can run a huge track, right? And then you can allow yourself to position the bulbs wherever you want to mm-hmm. to, to allow for lighting in whatever direction that you want put to Put on a in. dimmer or something too. Yeah, put, and throw that shit on a dimmer and then you're good to go, mm-hmm. right? So I love that option. There's a little tiny bit of value add, Um, but overall a very stable market, very like a high growth market, you know, uh, over the next five years, the, the sub market cluster there is expected to grow by 10%, which is huge 2% a year. Yeah.
1: Um, when you were there, like what did the overall like city feel like, did it feel like it was like booming and expanding? And was there a lot of construction around? There's a lot
0: of construction, a lot of construction. Mm -hmm. Um, not nearly as much as Toronto. Yeah. Toronto has in terms of its MSA about a million more people. Phoenix MSA has about 4.9. Toronto has about 5.9. Mm-hmm. But Toronto's MSA is much bigger. Like the GTA of Toronto is fucking enormous. It, yeah. it, it runs like two hours outside of Toronto, whereas the Phoenix MSA is fairly, is, is quite a bit smaller. Yeah. So to have 5 million people within a smaller MSA and, 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 and a cluster in terms of uh, like that MSA, like that, that amount of people in that kind of density, um, when I say a lot of construction, but not nearly as much as Toronto, but almost the same population, that's that's significant. Mm-hmm. So it seems like what's happening is number one, they can't build fast enough, which is what I'm also seeing. the mm-hmm. The absorption rate of people renting properties in the Phoenix MSA is more and higher than what the build rate. The build rate is right, so that's a mm-hmm. very good sign. That what I'm are the
1: uh, like landlord tenant uh, rules in arizona
0: they're very landlord friendly mm, kind yeah. of
1: similar to florida where yeah. you can if rent is the average rent is 1600 or so right about now 1600 yeah so if average if, if average <coughs> sub market rents hit 1800 1900 we can just bump it up, yeah. up to that there's
0: no restriction on rent that's yeah. awesome yeah so there's, there's no restriction on a rent how's um, uh, how's incomes in that sub market uh but higher than average i think in the 70s nice 70 thousands mm. about average income uh, median income is right around par with the United States I believe like yeah. maybe high 50s maybe high 50s or high 60s I can't remember exactly which one it is there's a big difference between median and average yeah but average income is in like the 70s I think maybe even high 70s so what are, great that's yeah. a great that's so what, a great what are story. our
1: next steps for coach capital to kind of close this one up completely and then what would be the next steps for investors to actually like get involved so next steps um,
0: soft commit or for invest for us? Yes, us do us first. Okay, so us first. Um, we're going to tighten up the OM. I want to confirm the OM is accurate. I'm going to talk to the lender and confirm what type of lending, uh, especially the LTV. We need to confirm LTV. Mm-hmm. The problem that I have right now is that the, the share structure in terms of how many LP units may be subject to change somewhat based on based on the interest rate fluctuating from now until the time we lock in the rate. Mm -hmm. The reason being is we're going with a Fannie Mae Mae loan from agencies, uh, an agency Fannie Mae loan. And this is the first Fannie Mae that we're going to be doing. On the first loan that Fannie Mae does with you, they don't allow you to rate lock prior to the, the loan commitment. Mm, but on subsequent loans, they will? They will. So so the rate is subject to fluctuation. And if the rate is subject to fluctuation within that, say, three-week period, you have a situation where if the rate increases, your LTV may drop. Mm-hmm. So if the LTV drops, it's going to affect the amount of LP units we need to sell off. Yeah. So that might be the situation where at the same time too what i can do is if the if the rates or if the rates increase i could pick up the difference that
1: might be what we can do um, what we could do in that case is essentially where each lp unit is not necessarily equivalent to $1 got it yeah right it, yeah. it might be worth 98 cents yeah. or something yeah exactly so it's just, just the value of each lp unit so it's for example we need to raise 2 million and, and we had 2 million lp units but then we issue two million LP units, but the actual raise is two point two million or one point eight yeah. million or whatever. The value of each one of those LP units would just shift, and we can do that after the fact. You can do that after the fact, exactly. That's so that's easy to do. So that might be what we uh, how we how we deal with this. Yeah, it'll, uh, it'll make the investment a, a, just a little bit less intuitive. I like how it's kind of like a one to one ratio, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's that wouldn't be a big deal whatsoever. Yeah, and and people need to understand
0: when you're dealing with situations like this where you know. Again, in inside inside of the due diligence phase and the financing condition phase and stuff like that, things things change mm-hmm. slightly, right? You know, you might have a situation where closing costs are more expensive than expected. You you can't always anticipate certain costs for everything. It's impossible. Um, for example, North Miami was actually quite a bit more expensive on closing costs than we had first anticipated. Uh, you know, that's a you know that's something that was mm-hmm. not. What I
1: what I'd actually prefer doing is raising whatever the top end, yeah, which is what we're doing that we can imagine, yeah, because if it means that the closing costs are actually coming less than the maximum amount, and we have a little bit of a cash reserve up front. Mm in the beginning if anything pops up we can use that cash reserve we don't have to do a capital call and then if a few years goes by and we don't need that whatsoever we can just redistribute it back to investors we we just pay people back Yeah, that's it I'd much rather that than doing an actual uh, um, a capital call yeah
0: for sure Okay, I think that's it, eh? Nice. Or for, now for investors. Okay, so for investors, uh, we got to get your soft commitments in. Mm -hmm. Book your spot for the investment. We've got about what, uh, we we pretty much, we've got well over the amount that we need to raise. But still, if you're interested in this fund, uh, we still want you to soft commit because we've got, you know, opportunities in the future. We want to get your commitment. And then uh, also for people that, you know, they commit now, but, you know, for whatever reason they don't commit or they, mm-hmm. they don't actually follow through with their commitment, you know, your spot will be in line next after theirs. So, um, yeah, if, if people want to get into this deal in the Phoenix MSA, I,
1: I suggest you soft commit ASAP. Okay. And then if people have already soft committed, essentially what are next steps?
0: Yeah. So we're going to be sending out OMS. I'd like to send out OMS and also agreements tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah.
1: Perfect. Done.